Hi there. Welcome to Growing Together with TI podcast. In each episode, I will aim to encourage, share practical wisdom and insight from God's word to help you grow in your intimacy with God, irrespective of how busy you are. Growing in your walk with God is possible. Intimacy with God is possible. And I'm here to serve as your tour guide through your God adventure. Hi, family. Welcome to another episode of Growing Together with CI podcast. Over the last three episodes, we've been discussing the need to travel light on our journey with God. Today, we have a guest and she'll be sharing insights on the topic. Today, I want us to discuss what it truly means to accept our status as forgiving, what it means to be loved even when we feel unworthy of his relentless love, and what it means to be free, that is free from hurt, free from pain, free from offenses, even when they come looking for you. Let's please welcome my friend, Nora Igono. Thank you, Nora, for coming on today's show. It's a delight to have you here, and thank you for yielding to share your life and your story with us. Guys, it's amazing how God connects people. I know this is absolutely unrelated to our discussion today, but my friendship with Nora is one that is so full of God incidences. It's amazing. All right, let's get started. Welcome again, Nora. Welcome to today's show. Thank you very, very much, Amaka. It's a delight to be here. Yay! (laughs) All right. So, forgiven, loved, and free. That's that's what we've titled today's episode. And how does this speak to you? Could you tell us a little about yourself and how your upbringing, um, you know, shaped your perception about God? Um, I'm the first of five children um yeah five children and um on the surface of it i'm the first of five children from a lovely nice uh, nice lovely family but when you look under like with a <laughs> microscope you then find that there's a story under that and the story is that in reality i am um, the only child of my mother who never got married to my father and who never actually got married and so my other siblings are actually my step siblings. So I'm from, uh, you would say I'm from a blended family um, that was trying so hard to not look like a blended family. Interesting. So how did that? I mean, I I, I asked the question specifically about your upbringing because I know you, and so let let me just clarify that for everyone. But how did that shape your perception about God? You know, how, I mean, our upbringing is very critical. It shapes how we perceive and relate with God. Yes, so how has that, how, how has that been for you? I mean, what did it shape? How did it affect how you perceive God and all of that? Okay. Um, I found that in, um, working with God and getting to know him, I have had to deliberately learn to separate his identity and his character from all the characters from my lifetime and my past. So my character, my failings, my weaknesses, the failings and weaknesses or shortcomings of my parents and um, the host of other characters from my life story. I found that the identity of God, the character of God and the way that he engages with us is very separate and very unique from all of these others and there's always a need to separate because um, the way that the human mind works is that it kind of um, uh, it, it like takes a shortcut to and interprets one concept based on 
an old concept or a previous concept. So in engaging God, for example, God is our heavenly father. And what do we do? We quickly pick the first available father that our mind can recall. And so that's my physical father. And I'm thinking also consciously and unconsciously, we just juxtapose and assume that God, our father is like our physical father and that we take everything that goes with it, the baggages, the weaknesses, and all of that. Or when I think of the concept of love, God loves me, and then naturally I'm thinking, my mind is interpreting the love of God in terms of all the loves that it has engaged in the time past. And I found that it is necessary to do a clean break from all of that, because God is not like any of these people. God is unique in his engagement. He's whole, he's awesome, he's rich. The quality of his love, the quality of his character is rich in its own colors and human nature cannot in any way compare. Wow. And so we need to know him for him. Wow. You know, thank you. I, I'm going to take one line out of that. God is rich in himself. I love that. I mean, I, not in the money part, but you know, <laughs> like she said, he's rich, his love is rich. And again, like, like you know, Nora started out saying, I, I think that I, I want to ask a question, but I want to also say, I want us to hold that thought in our heads as you listen to this to this episode. Hold that thought that your the physical experiences, the natural experiences you've had that may have colored your definition of love or your view as to who a father is, is not who God is. And so there's a need to search out and know God for who he is. So that's my question. How do you do? How did you do that? And how does one do that? I mean, how were you able to then know no, this him. God that is rich as against your experiences? Okay. Um, so it's funny because I grew up in a Christian home and I'm supposed to have known God like my whole life. Um, but that really isn't the case. Um, the truth is my personal work with God um, kind of started like five years ago and it started with me hearing someone else's testimony about their relationship with God and um, all of the beautiful things they were experiencing on account of that relationship and I desired it I, I listened to that testimony and I said to God how is it that someone can know you so well how is it that someone can work so closely with you so consistently with you whereas there's me on the other hand I take two steps forward and I fall back ten steps and the things of the world just tend to pull me away from you and i lose taste for you i lose my hunger for you and i'm just lost for a while and then after a while i'm hungry again i'm seeking him out and so that day listening to that testimony i said to god very quietly in my heart i said god if you could do this for someone i want you to do it for me as well i want to hunger for you i want to love you constantly I want my life to be planted in your presence. I, I don't want to ever leave your presence. It doesn't matter how well I am, if I'm standing upright in faith, or I'm on my knees, or I'm lying flat on my tummy. So long as I'm just in your presence, it would be enough for me. I just want to be constantly in your presence. And I know that I can't do that because I've tried. I've tried to stay in your presence. I've tried to love you. I've tried to follow you. And I've failed constantly, so I know I can't, but you can. And if you can, please do it for me. I, I remember making um, that plea to him. And I guess um, my my personal relationship with God started that day, the day I said that prayer to him. Because I've seen I've seen growth, I've seen, I've come to know him so well. Um, 
hear hear him talk to me funny how in many different ways hear him talk to talk to me hear him say to me this is this is what i want you to do or say there, there was a time he said look I, I need you to search out my character because you need to know it if, if i'm your father and we're going to have a relationship you can't have a relationship with somebody you don't know what's the base the relationship going to be based off of so those things have just taken me one step at a time him saying okay search me out seek me out what does the bible say about me what are devotional saying about me? just piecing all of those pictures together and what he himself has echoed in my heart about his nature and what he wanted to do for me who he wanted to be to me i've helped him paint a picture of who god is and i'm still painting that picture wow okay I cannot summarize all that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go back, <laughs> rewind, and listen to it again. I cannot summarize all that. Um, if you had to, if you had to, if we asked you what one word would you describe God as to you now, what would that be? Like one, I mean, you've talked about the nature of God, the personality of God, and how you've come to know him. If there was just one, one, one word, one name, what would that be? Aha. God is many things, Omaka. He's many wonderful things to me. Um, but one word would be okay, it's not a word, it's a phrase. Yes. Love right. of my life. The love of your life. I found oh. God to be the word the love of my life. And if you don't mind I'd explain. Oh please go ahead. Alright, so um I find or I found in retrospect that I'd gone through life looking for love. Um and if you ask me why, it would probably be a function of the fact that I grew up in a home where I didn't feel like I was accepted as I wanted or belonged. Like I, I just always felt like I was the odd one out. And yeah, my parents probably loved me, but apparently it was not enough. <laughs> so um, I realized that i'd gone through life just looking for somebody who would love me for me in the way that i wanted to be loved um unconditionally um unrelentingly passionately and when i met my husband um when we started dating i thought this is it and so i dubbed him love of my life and it was good where uh, he has he's done good by his standards but when I then started to really know God for myself and see how he had been there in the backgrounds, even when I did not acknowledge him through the course of my life. And just looking back and seeing and realizing he's, he's always been there. I, I realized this title, this love of my life title is not one that any man can bear. It is a title reserved for God. He is the love of my life because even before I was born, he, he had me in mind. He had figured, he had thought about me, written, scripted my life, everything that was going to happen, had made every preparation. And through the course of my life, when I acknowledged him, when I did not acknowledge him, when I outrightly scorned him, he was still there constantly um, looking out for me, holding me up, protecting me from harm and destruction. I looked back and thought, God is the love of my life no man can take that position no man can attempt to no matter their best efforts they just would not be able to measure up to what that title really means so um that is one of the things that god is to me he is the love of my life 
Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, I listen to I'm listening to you speak about this and I realize that I and, and I mean this is common. By the way, guys, it's Nora's anniversary today. <laughs> Congrats, Nora. <laughs> Thank you. Um I think that, you know, as in any in every relationship, you know, there's a certain level of closeness you would um, attain with someone that you then have like a special name for them. I mean, people do have that with their parents, yeah. some people have that with their siblings, people have that with their spouses. But you know, and I really like how Nora has has that name for her and God and understands the depth with which you know with which she holds that name dear because there's a story behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just gonna encourage everyone to really sit back and think who is God to you? Not who they said he is, but who he is he to you, and try to unpack that because in there is sort of a realization that you need to really enter deeper mm-hmm. into your relationship with God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, all right. Now, there's there's a concept I've had in mind for for a few weeks. I mean, God God mentioned the word deeper to me at the end of last year and. Again, like I said, it's it's been I've been unpacking or trying to unpack, um, you know, what that word carries. And one thing that has stood out for me is that deeper is where God flows into you, and you flow into Him. There's no more. There's no end of you and a beginning of Him. There's now all there is is just oneness, and that's God's original plan. And just listening to Nora talk about her love for God and how she calls God the love of her life, really just helps me see that. It's a love affair. Fundamentally, our work with God is a love affair. And I think we should think about it that way. Not a it's not a master servant mm-hmm. relationship. It's not a Lord and serf relationship. It's really a love affair. And so deeper is God's call. God is calling us into a deeper love affair, into a passionate relationship, like Nora said as well. Praise God. Now let's talk about living free. I mean, how do you deal with... I know this episode is supposed to be forgiving, loved, and free, but I feel like the the message of love really encapsulates the message even of forgiveness. Because in love, um, the Bible talks about... talks um, in 1 Corinthians 13, and even in um, 1 John, says that perfect love casts out fear. And so forgiveness, when you understand the depth and richness i really i'm going to keep that word from nora and, and wealth in in god's love you know that you you have already been forgiven you're not trying to do anything to appease him he, to, attain his, to attain his love he already forgave you and you're already loved all right and i i think those are real big thoughts that we need to you know hold on to now let's talk about living free how nora do you deal with hurts, with offenses, with pain? How do you let it all go? I ask this question because I know from years of friendship, a few hard knocks, uh, difficult situations, if we call them that, that you've been through. I've seen you misjudge. I've seen you shortchanged. I've seen you deeply hurt. And I've seen you in turn let it all go. Like, how do you do it? Because for me, sometimes I'm upset on your behalf. Like, I want to take vengeance <laughs> on your behalf. I don't know. Like, eh, how dare you like, come for you? But how do you do it? How do you let it all go? Um, how do you let it all go? Um, I'd start by saying that I think that, first of all, and I say this humbly, 
I think that God equips me that way. He built me that way. Um, I'm not a spiteful person. I'm not given to malice and all of that. And I, it's not because I trained myself to be that way or anything. So I just think God equipped me for that. And I think he did that because he knew the path that I was going to walk. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the way that God is. He, 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 the Bible says that already, that he, um, he will um, not let you carry a load more than you can bear. Um, so there's that, um, the fact that I think I was equipped for it. Um, there's the fact that um, God has like schooled me personally through the subject. Schooled? Schooled me through it, yes, I would okay. say so. Because like you've mentioned, um, I've had a series of um, hurtful incidences as life will naturally um, throw away. And through all of this, um, I found that one of the dynamics of my relationship with God is that when I am hurt, he's one of he's the first person I run to. He's like one of the first persons I run to to say, "This is how I feel." So much so that sometimes I feel guilty. Like you should be this fast to go to God when you're happy too. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm hurt, I I take it to God. He he's the person that I know can help me deal with it. Mm. And in doing that, he's taught me a couple of things that I've then carried as thing as life lessons. If you don't mind, I could share a couple of them. Please, please go ahead. Okay, so um, I would start by saying that um, one of the first things God taught me on the subject of hurt was that um, there are two ways, there are two paths to dealing with hurt. The first is in all your human, um, in all the colors of your humanity, um, dealing with it in pride with your emotions and how you as a person would deal with it so um one of the first lessons is taught me was calling me to say look you i know you're hurt but you need to decide how do you want to go through this you will go through this but the question is would you go through it as nora and um with all of her ex- ex- um, excesses and eccentricities or would you go through it as nora child of god i thought about it and I opted for Nora, child of God. I said, I will go through this as a child. And so just making that decision and knowing that it was a decision that I made with um, the intent to follow through help has helped me through life. Because every time that I'm at a junction and I need to make a decision about forgiveness or dealing with a pain that someone has caused or hurt or something of the sort, I have that consciousness that I am a child of God and there's a way that God wants me to deal with this. I need to revert to God's template or what he's saying to me on the subject and not deal with it in my humanity or jump in it with my emotion, emotions first. So there's that. Um, there's the fact that um, he helped me understand also that every time that someone hurts you, if you really step back on the situation and look at it from where he's sitting, this someone that's hurt you is his child and um, many a time the hurt is on, the, on account of the fact that they themselves are falling out of grace with him and are not on the path that he's called them to walk or have derailed somewhat. So for example, let me pick um, a random example. If a husband cheats on his wife, he's caused her pain and hurt. But if she sees that the reason he's done that is because he himself has fallen out of his relationship with his father, God, his father, she would realize that there's something that, so that, that's a, a whole other dynamic and God realized it helped me realize that he needed me to focus on that and said to me look 
So forget this person and what's happening between you and this person and see that this person is my child. This person isn't any less my child than you are. I love you, but I also love this person. And right now, I need you as my child, my agent on this earth to see that I need somebody to pray for that person and bring that person back on track. That person is the one of the hundred sheep that has gone off track and he needs that person to come back. And you're already in the picture anyway, so who better to pray for the person? Wow. Who better to pray for oh the person? Oh my God. And in doing that, I found that you find healing. You're able to let go of the hurt because you can't pray for somebody yeah. except you put that person, you kind of move that person from the negative box in your heart to the positive for you to be able to pray for the person. And in praying for the person, you kind of find grace to let go of the offense, of, of the offense that the person has caused you. So that's another lesson that um, God took me through. Um, a third lesson was the fact that when you hold offense against a person um, and decide not to let it go, um, it's not the person you are doing an injustice, it's yourself. And I think that that's why the Bible says when you go to um, pray and you find in your heart that somebody who has a grudge against you, so it's not that you have a grudge against someone, somebody has a grudge against you, go have a conversation with the person about it and come back. because. It's, offense just stands in the way of everybody, the offender, the offendee. So it's not one person's issue. So I, I remember driving to work one day and thinking through um, how somebody had hurt me. And it was a very teary journey to work. And I was talking to God about it. I was saying to him how hurt I was. And he was saying, you need to let it go. And I was like, I can't let it go. I really can't. And in fact, I was saying to him, to let it go would be a sign of weakness. How do you just forgive? this person and he said no child you're getting it wrong if i'm asking you to forgive it's not about the person it's about you i'm asking you to forgive because i love you so much and to not forgive is to keep yourself caged caged in offense caged in this negative emotion and you are the one who's going to be trapped in it the person is living free the person may not even be thinking about it you're the one who's trapped and so you need to forgive so that you can come out of that cage you can step out and live free and walk free of this offense and so that's another lesson that God has taken me through. Um, um, I've also learned that um, I can't do it by myself. So that's that, that's one thing that I've learned with God. And not just even on the subject of offense and forgiveness. It's just something I've learned um, across the span of my relationship with him to say, to, to, to realize that there are many things I can't do for myself. There are many things that I am weak, too weak to achieve by myself. And that's fine because the Bible says in your weakness, his strength made perfect. And so that is like the perfect opportunity actually for you to showcase the power of God, wow. for you to showcase the grace of God. So there was some time um, I was going through a situation and I went to God and said, I know you want me to forgive. I know you want me to let it go, but I really can't. I am very I am very broken by this thing that this person has done and I can't let it go I, I, I can't forgive but I know you want me to so I want to but you have to help me do it I know you can I know you, you can extend that grace to me so help me forgive and he did exactly that for me and so I guess that prayer then led to him helping me showing me um, the cheat modes as I like to put it for forgiving by saying okay pray for the person that's a cheat mode for you um, letting go of the offense and all that things that he's taking me through so yeah these are a couple of things that i think that god has taken me through that have helped me learn to let go stuff wow i think i should we should maybe retitle this a 
forgiveness master class or a <laughs> I know that sounds so corny but yeah I mean I mean these are real big lessons and again real big lessons that that have only come out of a place of experience they are not stuff you read in books they are stuff that you know Nora has clearly been taught by God because she's been in her words being schooled by God <laughs> about you know letting hurt and and really just letting go I think that having having listened to Nora there's just I don't even know <laughs> there's just so much wisdom to glean and and one prayer that drops in my heart is Lord equip me with a tender and compassionate heart one that is nimble and yielded to pleasing you above all else even in the midst of pain because I think it takes a certain level of of submission of trust you know to just God says okay let it go you just let it go you know because sometimes like like she correctly said sometimes people hurt you and if you don't do your own back you don't have you know those you don't give them a piece of your mind Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to put it it just seems as though you're weak or people can ride over you and you just really want to assert yourself but god is saying allow me to avenge you allow me to handle this like don't worry my child stand behind me let me handle this it's on me Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that really is how I like to think about it. Just stand behind me. You know, when Nora and I spoke before we started this um, session, before we started um, recording, there was something she said that really, really um, struck a chord for me. And I'm, I'm just going to, I wrote it down. I'm just going to read it. So she said, um, she, she gave an analogy when she was speaking with me. And, and this was what came out of it for me. It was that when, 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 and she still talked about this. When we're hurt, who do we go to? You know, that that's, that contributes largely to how we process our emotions. You know, first, one of the things she said was, the first person she goes to is God. This usually isn't the case for most of us. I don't know if this is the case for me. <laughs> Maybe when I'm deeply, deeply hurt, yes, I go to God because I feel sometimes like I cannot even verbalize how I'm feeling. But, you know, oftentimes you tell a friend, you tell people close to you, your support system, you know, maybe it's a public incident and other people, there are other witnesses or other players. And so you feel the need to just really, for lack of a better word, shalaye first. Yes, <laughs> but exactly like a child would do when they're smacked or when they're hurt, they would run to their parent or run to the authority figure. And that's exactly how God wants us to come to him irrespective of the depth of pain or the humiliation or the shame or or the whatever you want to call it the depth of resentment and hurt that you're feeling bring it all to him every way every shade every color it is bring it all to him bring it first to him and then process these deep emotions with god there's a deceit that that has ravaged our world about the need to not, um, how do you say, to deal, to not deal with your emotions. You know, I don't want to talk about it, or I'm, or not talking about it is your way of dealing with it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that is, it's a risk. It's a very big risk, and I found that God wants us to have crucial conversations. Now, in the in the story of Adam and Eve and and their fall or departure out of Eden. They had an experience and something had happened. Something broke their relationship with God. But God came to the garden and he asked where they were. And he searched for them. And he wanted to have a crucial conversation with them. For one reason, which was come to a place of healing and resolution, which is always God's intent. 
So first take your emotions to God. Be, be vulnerable with him to seek his help and healing. Understand and deal with your emotions from a place of obedience and surrender. If there's nothing else I've taken from Nora's story this evening, from our discussion, that is it. Irrespective of the depth of pain, the, the reality is, the question to ask is, Lord, what are you saying about this pain? And what you say is the truth. It's not what I'm feeling. And, and choose to go through those things based on your identity as a child of God. Be clear about your identity. Let that be the platform or the, the foundation upon which you process unpleasant emotions. Come to God with your struggles of letting go. Acknowledge that you need his help because you cannot let go on your own. I have tried to, this is me <laughs> trying to do a recap of you know everything Nora has shared. But again, I can only say that this has been a deeply insightful session, deeply insightful. I used to think I had a clear-cut way of dealing with my negative emotions, but I've taken so much wisdom out of this, you know, even as the person who's having the conversation with her. And I'm so blessed, so blessed. Nora is such a huge source of blessing to me as in my own life, you know, as a friend. And I get to do a lot of other things with her beyond being my friend. And she's always, she always brings this such a such a peace and a wisdom with her oh. and it's very obvious because you can tell how surrendered she is with god and so now i understand i sort of understand it <laughs> i know that sounds funny but yeah I, I, it kind of makes more sense to me now all right i want us to end on this note one last question why is it important to travel light how how does holding on to negative emotions grudges pain hurt how does all of that affect our work with god um, you, you can just give us, I know we've already taken your time and all of that, but if you just summarize this, you can do a word, a phrase, a few sentences maybe. Okay. But just, um, yeah. Okay, so um, I would say that holding on to pain and grudges and hurt um, is like using up space in your heart, using up space in your soul that God would rather occupy. Mm, mm, and mm. it's important to travel that because the more of all of this stuff all this toxic stuff toxic stuff you let out the more space you make for god the more room you make for god in your heart in your spirit and wow. in your life so good. sorry so please go ahead are you done <laughs> i am done oh my god that's like a quick light bulb moment make room for god so getting rid of the baggage literally makes room for god yes it does so make room for god wow thank you nora thank you thank you nora. thank you so much don't deal with your emotions um don't, don't deal through your emotions rather deal with god deal from a place of your identity with god because letting go of the baggage is literally making room for god so guys make room for god welcome to deeper and god is waiting for you his arms wide open waiting for you to come home let's take our action point for today for our action point i encourage you to do a hat check in the words of my beloved father, what is your hatometer reading? Is it reading tender towards God? And is it reading kind, compassionate, understanding, forgiving? Or is it burdened with hurt? Is it, you know, has it stored up so much? I want us to just take some time out and think through and act. If you can, write them down and then surrender it all to God. All right, Nora, please say a word of prayer for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share your thoughts and your heart 
this evening. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we commit every person listening to uh, this message, every person listening to this podcast, who will or is currently listening to, we commit their situations, we commit their hearts unto you. We ask that you give them grace, grace to grow into the persons that you need them to be, grace to forgive what needs to be forgiven, grace to let go of what needs to be let go of, and grace to grow into the full measure of what you have called them to be. We trust you that you can do this and much more for us. And Amen. for this, we say, take all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. See you on the next episode of Growing Together with CI. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. See you next time. And don't forget to keep growing. There's so much more in God. And he's interested in you. Love, CI.